Hello, and welcome to the Seeking Health Podcast. I'm Josiah. And I'm Jessica. We were missionaries for seven years. Until we stepped back in 2019 to seek health and re-examine our beliefs. Right now, I am a Christian, but not an evangelical. And I'm an agnostic and also very much not an evangelical. And we are deconstructing. And reconstructing together. together. Listen to some of our key episodes, such as... Deconstructing together. Domestic abuse. I'm a survivor. The Cult of ATI Part 1 and 2, and Humanized by Purity Culture. Join us on our journey as we seek health together. together. And together with us today is Danielle we- Weber. <laughs> um, or Weber. Who is, or Weber. Okay. <laughs> Should have checked that one. Generally Weber. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Okay. Uh, nurse practitioner student in school right. mom with three kids i don't know how she does it I don't <laughs> from red lake ontario the best place in the world <laughs> yes thanks guys for having me today i'm really looking forward to this this is a new experience for me it's my first podcast so everyone who's listening just be a bit gracious i was like i'm so nervous to do this but i really view it as a learning experience the real reason you're doing this is so you can (laughs) be on the same podcast as brexit (laughs) candy i know i was mildly excited that Josiah and Jessica interviewed Brexy and I really spazzed out about it. And then I wanted That's to awesome. be on the same podcast as him. So now I am. My claim to fame. Anyway. If that was you being mildly excited, I don't know if I can handle the fully excited <laughs> Danielle. I know. I know. My husband was like, why did you act like that? And I was like, because it's Roxy and it like puts Red Lake on the mark like on the map like other people know about Red Lake now that's awesome anyways so from all that pride (laughs) we are going to talk about cultural humility today a very important topic yeah 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 really excited Um, that you wanted to talk about this Thank you. I learned about it at school. Um, And I know we were together, the four of us um, went out um, to the moose, the thirsty moose, which is kind Mm -hmm. of our bar pub here in Red Lake. And we were just talking. um, And these two are so passionate about podcasts. And I was like, I learned about cultural humility once and it's a really important concept and I would love to just kind of dig into it and discuss it a bit more. So that's what we're doing tonight. Um, so like Anne Jessica said, I'm a nurse practitioner student right now. So it's a master's of nursing and I'm actually studying at Lakehead University, which is seven hours away from here. So last year I had to drive there every, every week and it was quite cumbersome. Anyways, in one of my courses, the qualitative research course, um, we started learning about this concept of cultural humility and just really taking a stance of openness of listening to what others have to say of self-reflection kind of becoming aware of your biases and in research it's so important as a researcher um, to really reflect and kind of Um, strip away your biases and how you see the world. So um, that was something I really had to dive into. 
Now, I grew up um, at a Bible chapel in Southern Ontario. It's kind of the Bible belt um, is what it's referred to. And I loved my upbringing. I had wonderful days. I grew up on a dairy farm. I ran through fields with my brothers, played baseball, played in the hayloft, um, had a great upbringing. Awesome. But this was something, <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> but we never talked about this within our youth group and when within our church um it was always we were never told that our way is the right way but it was just always implied that's always the message that we got and i remember um i was still i was in the public school system i still was exposed to different ideas but it was always kind of like but we have the right way we know the way and everyone else kind of needs to become like us. Um, I went to Bible college just for one year and then did my undergrad, uh, got my bachelor's of nursing at McMaster University. And when I, I specifically went to McMaster University because they had an international nursing course where I could do a placement um, in another like overseas and I chose to do it in India. And I think mm. that was the first time where I really understood um, a different perspective. So the incidents was, I was, my mentor was a physician there. Her name was Dr. Shoba Roli, and we had a very anemic pregnant woman come in. And uh, it was uh, my professor at the time and mentor, Dr. Roli. She just said, Danielle, um, I think that she needs to get an abortion. And this is so interesting because I know you guys have had a lot of talk about abortion too. And she said, this woman is so severely anemic. She is a single mom and she has five children. And I'm really worried that she actually won't survive this um, pregnancy and this delivery if she has this baby. And it was the first time ever that I was like, there's a different perspective um, on an abortion, which I grew up was just like black and white. This is the way it is. It's evil all the time. And um, that's the first time I really remember um, really being shocked that there's really different ways to view the world and look at the world. Um, and so I did my undergrad and now, um, fast forward 10 years to my master's program and I stumble across this um, concept of cultural humility. Um, so like I said, um, just this idea of being open to other ideas, listening to people's stories, um, being in relationship with them, and it's something that I've really had to work on and one of the areas I've really had to deconstruct in my life um, and actually, Josiah, you just had a podcast um, with Brian. And I remember Josiah saying, you know, the whole gay issue, I don't want to do what evangelicals always do and kind of like cut themselves off from a relationship with people who live this lifestyle, turn to the Bible and get all the answers, figure it out and go back and say, this is the way it is. I think a huge part of cultural humility is just being in relationship with people and listening to their stories. Um, yeah. And I think that's the journey I'm on right now is to just humbly listen, like to enter into relationships without agendas and 
um, kind of just see where that relationship goes. Um, so that's kind of a bit of my, um, I hope you got a little bit of a picture of what I view cultural humility as. Any questions or something you wanna add yeah, to no, that? It's great to, great to hear the background that led to it. And then, um, mm -hmm. yeah, even like that story from India and how it, it, it makes it, it stays with you. <laughs> um, and then yeah, when so you true. come across other concepts later, then it, it helps clarify what was this? What, mm -hmm. what made this experience stand out? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. The thing mm -hmm. that stuck out to me was talking about your childhood and how probably most children that are raised in the culture think, well, this is just how you do it, right? Like that is kind of normal. Like mm -hmm. you just think that the way that mom makes bread or, or peanut butter and jam, that's just the way it is. That's the way everybody does it. But I think it's a lot worse for evangelicals who are also taught that everybody else is going to hell and you got to tell them about Jesus. And it kind of reinforces because what is our faith and what is our culture? You know, it, is it mm. is it important for them to dress like us to listen to dc talk like we do to you know not have sex before marriage to not have abortions to you know all these other things that to do church like us yeah exactly <laughs> like you know it, exactly it don't look like us you, you know like what is what mm -hmm. is the christian message and what is our culture it, it's very it's a problem I'd love to talk about that in a little bit, but that's just what stuck out to me is I think that um, our need to share the gospel really obscures this, um, this need to mm -hmm. see the other and to learn from the other. Yeah. And why did if, we, oh, sorry. I was just going to say we, I was never like taught. I was always taught you have to share the gospel, share the gospel, but why never like listen to the other side and and just sit and be in relationship um yeah. and then I grew up always putting pressure on myself like I always had that pressure mm -hmm. like I gotta know this person I gotta tell them about Jesus it doesn't count and I just and that's part of my personality to put pressure on myself but <laughs> it really did um it still messes with my head sometimes like yeah Sometimes yeah. I'm not able to go into relationship without an agenda still. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's common. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and I think I cut you off and just go, what were yeah, you going to say? That's okay. I was just looking up a little bit about cultural humility before our podcast. And I came across a little summary of it that I thought was really good. Um, if you don't mind me reading it, <laughs> it's a oh, cultural humility. I would humility. love to hear it. Yeah cultural humility versus uh, cultural competence. So mm. cultural humility is the ability to maintain an interpersonal stance that is other oriented or open to the other in relation to aspects of cultural identity that are most important to the person. And cultural humility is different from other culturally based training ideals because it focuses on self humility rather than achieving a state of knowledge or awareness, particularly a culture to which one does not belong. Um, I find it interesting that 
I think often it's taught to be competent in our culture knowledge because then it's a to-do list. <laughs> you can check mark mm-hmm. it. You can learn about the culture. You can learn how to interact with it. You can learn how to barter at the market. You can learn how to the language. And then it's like check mark, check mark, check mark. All right. Now I'm culturally competent and I can do my thing, my white person thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yes. Whereas cultural humility is just, is a, there's no end to it. There's no check mark to it. It's just been constantly, if I'm hearing right, it's been constantly aware of the other, paying attention to the other, listening to the others, and just wanting to learn from them mm-hmm. um, yeah. and being aware to what's important for them because that's going to vary by the person. I mean, just because you and I are a white woman, we don't necessarily have the exact same values. <laughs> um, and so that'll be the same for other cultures. So it's other oriented where you place them above your competence. Right. Yes. That's a really, a really good point and an important one. And I don't know if that's more Western culture. It's kind of just the bang, bang, do things. Let's go. Let's like exactly yeah. what you said. Check, check, check. Yeah. So my personality, I can't even tell you. Do you do checklists like, just so you, like after the fact, just oh, so you can check mark? <laughs> can I show you my checklist for tomorrow? Oh, yes. <laughs> you can't. You can't see it, but it's it's all in there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Well, that made me think of um, missions because we were missionaries for seven years and seven months of that was overseas, which was intense and traumatic. And I don't know how, like, there's so much, there's, there's so much pain there and stuff that we haven't really unpacked. I'm not sure how much we can get into, but um, just that there's, there's this history of missions with relating to the world because, you know, couple hundred years ago we kind of figured out hey there's a world out there um and started going everywhere and basically colonizing everywhere we meaning europe and missions was part of that and the first approach was colonization you know we have the truth you are you know and then there are all these different names i don't even want to repeat but you know you're lesser than us and so mm-hmm. we need to tell you the truth and we need to tell you science and, and math and education, but also like, here's the Christian message because you're all worshiping Satan. Um, and then the second era of missions, which we were a part of was more incarnational in the sense of um, what we were taught in school anyways, was that these people have a unique expression of God, you know, they're and we have a unique expression of God. And so we need to understand their culture so that we can understand how to speak the Christian message into their culture. And so in a way it was kind of like what we, what was mentioned here, competency, because you're trying to learn the other culture. You're sometimes you almost feel like you're more of an expert in their culture than they are because you've, you've researched all this, you know, cultural references, whereas the person that's just grew up in it, they don't know, some of these icons or some of these historians. But I, I do think that something that is missing is just this sense of openness and a sense of you might actually have something to teach me. Uh, there might be things that myself as a Westerner, um, maybe I could just sit at your feet and listen and learn. And maybe I have some things to share as well. And there is this good news I have that's made a difference in my life. But 
um, missions is this unique place where it feels like you can just be such an expert and you show up and, and people like you're an expert to everybody. It's this, this, um, it's hard not to let it go to your head in a sense. Um, but it is a really interesting concept to have cultural humility and just to think of showing up and, and wanting to learn and sincerely saying like, what do you have to teach me? Because that's how friendships work, right? Like we're not, yeah. you know, we're not having this conversation where you're lecturing me for 45 minutes or I'm lecturing you for 45 minutes. We're having this back and forth. Right. Yeah. Did you like in all of your missional training, um, did you ever, was there ever discussions about you guys possibly learning from the other culture that you were going to? Or that's what I was trying to think about yeah. as we were talking. It was like, cause we did, we did several different sessions and chunks mm-hmm. of time, both here in Canada, as well as once we were um, at, in West Africa, where we went. Um, and I don't know, like, I, I don't remember cultural humility being taught not um, as a, not as a specific mm-hmm. con not content. not as specific like there know. might have been somebody that had said that might have said something like that like you know you're going to learn you're going to grow uh, as a person they, i there might have been something like that but... yeah just don't remember <laughs> it's yeah. not what stands out to us. it's not what right. stood out to us at least yeah. yeah um yeah actually the story that kind of stands out to me from all of that is um when we were in west africa and we were doing our training and they had a local person coming to teach us uh, about the culture. And I don't remember anything from that week, except his story that he, you know, he, you get your clothes made there. So he had gotten this really nice outfit made in pink um, because it's totally acceptable to wear pink there, even if you're a guy. <laughs> um, right. And then he started getting involved with the, um expat community what's um oh. yeah so then he realized oh well americans we don't they don't men don't wear pink so he can he can't ever wear his outfit um that he had gone made and loved and that's the only thing i remember <laughs> from it because it really stood out to me that that's kind of yeah. sad that we brought our culture and what color of all things what color <laughs> a local can't wear in his own country um and why did he pick that up was it from teasing was it I don't know you know like it um Mm. yeah I don't remember like we I feel like we did have good um training towards mission Mm. but it was a huge overload of information crammed in in a two-week chunk three-week chunk before we went and then one week while we were there um so I can't say if we got this or not but that story is what stands out to me um and that doesn't really fit um well with me (laughs) sit well with me (laughs) a constant theme in our missions experience was like not enough time and that just comes from you're on support and there's only so much training you can justify and so they try and pack it in and, and like there has been a huge shift and 
in many ways, I just noticed how much it's better than colonialism, right? So you really felt that shift of like, no, like, you know, African culture and Indian culture and South American culture, they like, we're not just going to go and export our Western values. We want to incarnate the gospel in their culture, which felt like, okay, this is way better than what was happening a hundred years ago. Um, but the reality is you do show up with some cultural arrogance and it's hard not to, when, you know, you have a lot of money, you know, and it's hard mm -hmm. not to, when, you know, you do have strong cultural things that you're proud of and your holidays and your, you know, just different things that, um, you know, you, you don't notice privilege when you have it, right? It, it's, yeah. And, and you don't notice the things that, that you're arrogant about until other people start mm -hmm. dressing differently around you, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe you don't notice that. Maybe somebody else notices that. Yeah, for sure. Um, you do bring, um, just with the talk about colonization and everything. Yeah, Josiah, when you were just talking about colonization, that was one other thing about um, cultural humility that I came across was that cultural humility requires historical awareness too. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important to know kind of the history um, and where we live in Red Lake. It's so important to know kind of the history um, of what the, the pain that the Western world has caused the indigenous people up here and with all the residential schools. So I think it's just so important also to be aware and informed and educated mm -hmm. as best as we can. And it's just like you were saying, um, you two were saying you were so pressed for time. And I think we can't be hard at ourselves in all of this. It's such a journey and we're learning and we just try to do the best we can. And we say stuff that's not appropriate sometimes. I love a quote by Brene Brown and she just says, I'm here to get it right, not be right. And mm. just that idea of I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm always learning. And if we can be humble about it and transparent about it and honest about it, um, I think it goes a long way sometimes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's more about our attitude, I would think, rather than yeah. having all the right things to say. You can have the right exactly. things to say but not be nice person <laughs> um, mm -hmm. to people of other cultures. But if you have the heart, right heart and you're trying and you want to learn, I would think most people will be forgiving. <laughs> you know, like it, it's learn from your mistake and move on. Like you don't beat yourself yeah. up and stop trying. You just. Right. Yeah. Try to keep on going. Yeah. Um, I think. As far as my point, oh, I wanted to, we already talked about openness and just that idea of being egoless, mm. <laughs> which just means kind of letting go of your ego and just being down to earth. And um, yeah, that's one thing that I was also kind of just learning about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think it, there can be just a, such a subtle difference between like you, you want to research, you want to know about the culture, but you don't want to, you can get arrogant in that. 
mm-hmm. and it does come down to just you know the the posture of a learner something mm-hmm. that i found interesting when because there's there's such a thing as appropriation too like you don't want to you don't want to become so passionate about the culture that you start pretending that you are that culture and then it just gets mm-hmm. weird for them because they're like yeah okay you're trying to be like us but you're not doing a very good job it's kind of like the white dad that tries to dance with his kids and they're like dad you know just stop you know you don't have the moves just stop um and so you don't want to do appropriation but you want you know to be sensitive um i actually found when we were in africa they just appreciate it when i was myself you know and just own the fact Mm. that, that you're white and you have this culture just be comfortable in your own skin. You know, there's certain things that Mm -hmm. certainly, you know, it's Friday, you know, it was a Muslim country. Like there's, you need to know that you can't drive anywhere because everybody's in the street, you know, like there's certain things you need to know, but just be yourself uh, instead of trying to, you know, be yourself, but open and compassionate to us instead of trying to become the expert on us and tell us how to be us, but in a Christian way, (laughs) it's just kind of not very humble. (laughs) Yeah, that's such a good point too. to just kind of, yeah, that's something I need to remember is to just be confident in myself too, and just be who I am. I, um, I had some friends, um, just from a different nationality, and I really wanted to hang out with them, but I kind of knew that they weren't super comfortable coming here. And But just little by little, like chatting and chatting. And then the one day they wanted to go fishing and they needed life jackets. So they ended up boating down to our dock. And then um, we were actually having like a huge meal up here. And I was just like, you want to come up? And they're like, yeah, sure. And it was just so it was such a cool evening of just conversation. And eventually things just like kind of rolled out naturally and it wasn't forced. I'm such a forcer. I'm always trying to force things. And um, so just kind of uh, look for the natural rhythms of life or the unforced rhythms of grace as what the message says so that's also something that i'm trying to seek out too yeah mm-hmm. it's also work on on ourselves like it yeah part of that cultural humility is just examining ourselves over and over if we get a little triggered by something someone says like why is that what bias is there um because mm-hmm. if we don't know our own biases about cultures if we don't know our own um racism even like Mm -hmm. in our own lives like often we can be like oh we're not racist i have a black friend well that's not that does not mean you're not racist you just take them as a token in your life like that's not um, exactly yeah so just learning your own biases your your own racism in your heart and examining yourself over and over and over like lifelong um, mm-hmm. I think that's part of cultural humility too. Yeah. You brought up an interesting point. You said, you said this word like token, like our friends from a different nationality or different race tokens. And I think yeah. <laughs> in this new, this new movement of um, like the black lives matters and everything like that. Um, I know I started hearing people saying, um, 
people of color were like, well, now we're just like the poster people for, for our like companies. And um, mm. I don't know, what do you guys think about that? Or how do you go about not putting like, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but having these people like be almost like it's better for me if I have friends of different nationalities. How do we stop yeah. ourselves from thinking like that? You know what I mean? I guess that might be part of the cultural humility process of yeah. just acknowledging them just as friends. We don't need to highlight yeah. their different culture, their different skin color, their different language. Um, right. It. Yeah. Like it, maybe mm -hmm. they're just, they're just our friends. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we don't highlight our other friends like, oh, well, this is my friend, uh, Danielle, and she's white. Um, and she I know, we never do that to each other. No. But then I find myself doing that. Or I'll be like, yeah. oh, my Jewish friend. And I'm like, come on, yeah. no one calls me. I know. Like, oh, that's my Christian friend. I'm like, why yeah. do I do that? Yeah, well, I found myself doing that while back with you. Like I said, I told you like, oh, I'm going to chat on podcasts with a next Mormon fr friend. And it's like, why did I need to highlight his previous religion? <laughs> but it is habit. It is how we are we're conditioned. Um, but that doesn't mm -hmm. mean we can't work at changing the habit because <laughs> I kind of kick right. myself for it after. And it's like, I need to do better. <laughs> mm -hmm. I do that too. I know. And I think honestly, having conversations like this, yes. where we're just like trying to figure it out together and talking yeah. about it. And yeah, sort of hold ourselves accountable to mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. each other. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to know. It's hard to know. Like tokenism was written on here as well as a few other things I want to talk about. It's something I've been thinking a lot about. It actually, like it influences how I do this podcast and how I'm vocal on Facebook because early in Black Lives Matter, my instinct was like, I should jump in, you know, and I should have, I should get one, you know, person of color to tell their story. And then I realized, wait a minute, you know, like this isn't my story and this isn't for me to capitalize on this, you know, that's tokenism. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, everybody has their own way to engage. But the thing I've been doing is just I'm listening, you know, and I have a lot of podcasts I'm listening to. I'm listening to books. I'm educating myself because I, I listen to a podcast. And I'm like, man, I'd like to have him on my podcast. And then towards the end of it, he says, I'm so tired of people that ask me to come on their podcast to educate <laughs> them about the history of my people. When, you know, as a black man, it's like the history is there. Go buy a book, you know, and mm. so I am trying to educate myself and put myself in the position of learning instead of the position of because there there have been a few pretty high profile pastors that have done this and have really it hasn't gone well and social media has not been kind as you know oh, invite one okay. person up to the stage and you know ask them a few questions and say some kind of inappropriate things because they just didn't do the research and it becomes mm. um well it's embarrassing on their part, but it's also hurtful. And there's a term yeah. called a microaggression that I've become educated about. And a microaggression is not, it's not small to the person who receives it. It's small to the person who gives it. You might think it's, it's not a big deal to say, oh, this is my Muslim friend or, oh, this is my black friend. And this is Jill, you know, right. 
but to the black friend and the muslim friend they're like it's the 10th time to hear it that day <laughs> exactly and and they could make a big deal of it and say hey hold on a second my name is frank and you know we don't need to bring my ethnicity or religion into this conversation or they can just let it let it go but then it's going to bother them right so right a microaggression it's it's important to remember that sometimes the words that we say and the way that we say them like Jessica said like it could be the 10th time they've heard it that day they're just so sick of being typecast like this um and so we do need to educate ourselves and we do need to understand that the ways that we you know culture is shifted is is tilted towards us as whites and especially as a man, like there's just certain privileges that I have that I haven't realized before today, before this year. And we need to become educated on that so that we don't, um, don't hurt people. This makes me think of the mm-hmm. previous podcast with, or the podcast we did with Brian, like who, who talked about the LGBTQ community. And he said, like, if you want to be educated on them, don't just reach to any of them for them to educate you because yeah. they just want to live their lives. So mm-hmm. ask them first if they want to answer your questions. And I thought that was a really good point. It's like, just because you're part of a minority does not mean you want to educate the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. He I'm has sure chosen it's exhausting. To yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like they just <laughs> want to live their normal lives just like we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought as you were talking, that's what that reminded me of. Like, I'm sure that's the same here, part of cultural humility again. Just yeah. respect their desire, respect that they probably just want to re- raise their kids and do their job and fix their fa- their house and <laughs> go about their day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just to assume that they want to educate yet another person. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm sure they want the world to be educated. They just don't want to be doing it every day, all day, or yeah. be the person that does, which is totally reasonable. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I I heard um, another podcast and I, I forget the name of the woman. She's quite um, an activist. Channing Brown, Austin Channing Brown is her name. I don't know if you've heard her, but she was just explaining in this podcast how she was so exhausted and tired and not taking care of herself and weary in this in this fight for like the black lives matter movement and just um her describing um how she was actually feeling and how exhausted she really was um it was eye-opening to me Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, and it's sad to think, like, I've mentioned this in another podcast too, like, the white evangelical church, like, all the people that were t- writing the books and kind of leading the movement, like, I kind of see it now as, like, as a unit, you know, they're not doing well um, in modeling how to, how to care for the hurt that is happening mm-hmm. uh, in especially in the black community right now. Um, but all mm-hmm. people of color, I think mm-hmm. right now are just feeling pain and, and feeling um, just the pressure of, of how systemically they're being abused and put down. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the white theologians are just coming out with these theological statements about how they're right. 
Um, and my, my school came out with a statement that says they do not agree with Black Lives Matter because here's the verse, here's the chapter, blah, 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 all lives matter. There you go. It's all very nicely theological. And um, the five leading uh, seminaries of the, of the Southern Baptist came out with this thing where they're rejecting critical race theory, which sure you can reject it, but they said it, no, none of its iterations can have anything to do with the gospel or something like that. It was a really strongly worded statement. And of course the Southern Baptists, it was a denomination that was started to protect slave owners. So, you know, they since rejected that, but like they don't have a very good history and then they're coming out with this and it's like, it's so frustrating. And you can just imagine the people that are just saying, can you just listen to us for a second? Like we're hurting here and you're splitting hairs on your theology. And like, can you just let me yell for a while? Like this is, you know, between us, like that was an important thing in our marriage is uh, to realize like sometimes my wife just needs to express herself. And it's pretty loud. (laughs) (laughs) That is okay. I totally get that. (laughs) And at a certain point I need to, you know, kind of step back and let the anger go past me a little bit and be like, all right, Mm -hmm. like get that out of your system. And (laughs) like, not in, that's not a dismissive. It's not dismissive. (laughs) Like every bit of that is valid. Not every bit of it is like aimed straight at my heart. Like you just Mm -hmm. need to get it out. Right. And I'm trying to think through like, what is going on in your heart to make you say that. Right. And that's what makes Mm -hmm. a marriage work is when somebody can, can blast out a bunch of stuff. You don't take it personally, but you're like, okay, clearly you're a good person. And so for a good person like you to have that much passion, clearly there's something going on in your heart. So did I hurt you? Did I say something wrong? Are you a long day? Didn't get enough sleep? Like, you know, let's fix this. And I don't see people doing that. They're just like, well, you know, the precise mm-hmm. definition of the word that you said is not correct. It's like, fuck you. Like, try and care. So terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really discouraging. Getting hung up on Black Actually, Lives Matter versus yeah. All Lives Matter. It's like you're dismissing the whole point by saying that you know like take that energy and instead of fighting against black lives matter actually go and help black lives yeah the Mm. the way that they are affected all the time daily like go and make a difference you know go change Mm. legislations Mm. go change things so that they actually have the support that they need um Mm -hmm. so that life is more fair for them Mm -hmm. yeah and just this idea of like shared suffering um just before i i came on to talk to you guys i was just listening to a quick little clip from the meeting house um and they were talking about um sometimes as white people we have um this whole response like well what can i do about all of this and the one response is really overwhelming i'm so overwhelmed i can't do a thing like i don't even know where to start and the other was oh what do i do what do i do let's go give me my checklist to fill out and we'll start an organization and they were just saying no just sit listen to stories Mm -hmm. and share in the suffering um and i was like man with me with my personality i just need to learn to sit and listen and that's okay (laughs) one thing i have Uh, learned i have heard can be helpful and i've been trying to do this is just to to follow more people of color yeah 
other ethnicities. Exactly. Um, so, yep. so that our input, especially social media, um, our input shouldn't be just white people or people of our own culture, but it should, we should add more variety. So mm-hmm. like on Instagram, you know, I share a lot of, of uh, memes and stuff there. And it's great when I can find, I find counselors that are people of color that I can follow and share their things because they have a voice and they have good things to say. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just a small thing, but it's like those small things are important for us to, to do. And I'm not trying to debate them. I'm just trying to listen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's so much to say about that. Like one of them is that I've, I've heard people say like, I'm only invited, you know, a certain black author, I'm only invited to talk about race, but I've written, you know, he's got a doctorate and he's an expert in all these fields. Like, why don't they ever invite me just to preach? Like, why do I always have to speak about one issue? And that is a sense of, of humility. Like just sit and listen to people instead of always being the person talking. And I think it's also so important for us to diversify because if I stop and think about like, okay, who are the main influences in my life? It's like, well, James Dobson and Billy Graham and, you know, Mark Driscoll and John Piper and just like all these white guys, you know, American white guys. Everyone in the book, (laughs) the John, Jesus and John Wayne book. Yeah, it's so true. (laughs) And and it's, I mean, it's like getting all your food from, from one place. Like, I don't know. It's like, if there's a disease and you only get stuff from one place, you're going to get more (laughs) of that disease. Like we need to diversify a little bit. We need to hear voices from elsewhere. And I think that would be so much healthier. Yeah. Challenge your thoughts. It's less comfortable, but it's so much more, yeah. Rewarding and and diverse. Wholesome, healthy, wholesome, seek health. Yeah. There you go. And it's the opposite. Here's yeah. another term I want, I want to say the opposite of the white savior complex, right? Getting back to colonialism. And we can have that attitude, even in how we approach Black Lives Matter. Hey, let's show up and save them. Let's show up and, and do all the checklist. And then everybody will celebrate how, how great I am at saving the day. Um, so that can be a temptation too. Like, are we showing up to be a friend and, and listen? Are, are, we, are we sharing ourselves or do you just want to show up and take a selfie or, or save the day? And somehow? post it so everyone can <laughs> oh, yeah. see how good we are. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Do you still think that the, like, we've talked a little bit about colonialism do you still think the idea of colonialism is still prevalent today? Absolutely. Yeah. It's just gone underground, but like we, like we mentioned before, like how do you separate culture and religion? Right. And I think that rather than doing the hard work of separating that out, I feel, I feel like the theologians are just digging their heels in and saying, well, you're, your cultural Marxists or, you know, black lives matter is a bad institution or, and, and then on their side, they're not being critical and they're not stopping to think, Hey, hold on a second. The way that we worship Donald Trump is a little bit over the top and Mm -hmm. us having this obsession with somebody who's, you know, he's a racist and he's a white supremacist. And, you know, he has very serious character flaws 
that are exactly the sort of thing that have been hurting people of color for so long. You know, maybe our love affair with this guy might be hurtful to these people over there, but they're not stopping to be self-aware of that. And that to me is a colonialist attitude. When, when you're nitpicking how your victim is speaking to you and you're not critical of your own behaviors, that speaks to me of an abuser that is just abusing more, you know. Hmm. So as our time is coming to a close here, I was wondering, Danielle, is there something that you just want to say to wrap this up? Yeah, just, um, I think for me with cultural humility, the key points that I think all of us should be remembering is just to be in relationship with people who aren't necessarily like us, who don't necessarily have the same views as us and just listen um, to their stories. Thanks so much for being part of our podcast today. This was really, really really good yeah. really important topic to talk it about um it challenged me to search more on it because i wasn't familiar with the term um and i have been trying to educate myself more on mm -hmm. these issues but just to learn more of the terms and more of the differences like between cultural um what do we talk humility and cultural um competence competence like i thought that was really important difference to make um, so yeah, thank you. This has been really good and we really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. I loved it. It was a great experience for me. And I just wanted to say you guys are doing such a great thing with these podcasts. They're so life-giving to me. Like I can't even listen to sermons anymore because I just think <laughs> that these conversations, I don't know, they're so life-giving. And so like on Sunday, I listened to another one and was like, nah, I should have just listened to a podcast. Anyways, I, I think <laughs> That was awesome. I'm loving podcasts. I have a good bunch that I try to keep up with. Yeah. 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 This is great. All right. Well, you. Well, thanks yeah, so much for, thanks for joining me. us and listening to us today. And we'll be back soon with another podcast. Yes. Yeah. So thanks for listening. And if you would like to find us, you can find us on Twitter at SeekingPod and on Instagram at seeking what is the handle seeking health podcast and you can find myself josiah meyer on facebook or my blog josiahmeyer.com have a great day everyone bye